for us, uh, I still believe that mass is a B2C uh, product because at the end, consumers, uh, commuters, people that are living in, in the city uh, are the ones that are going to use our platform or any other uh, platform that is uh, tackling the mobility disconnection or problem with uh, different modes, different ways of using those modes. But it's true that we believe from uh, our early, early days that the only way to grow and to have uh, meaningful uh, contracts is to uh, leverage our solution in the public transport uh, network. Welcome to the Mobility Innovators Podcast. Hello everyone. Let me start today by wishing all the listeners a very happy new year. Mobility Innovator Podcast was launched in January 2022 and has successfully completed first year. It has been a great journey so far and I'm looking forward to your support and lovely messages in 2023. So welcome to another episode of Mobility Innovator Podcast. I'm your host, Jaspal Singh. Mobility Innovator Podcast invites key innovators in the transportation and logistics sector to share their experience and future forecasts. In this episode, we'll be discussing the evolution of mass ecosystem in public transport. Our today's guest is a mass enthusiast and looking to bring mass as a mainstream application. He is a co-founder and CEO of Me. He has background in legal and corporate sector, but now building a mobility tech startup. This clearly demonstrates his ability to manage diverse team and build complex products in mobility space. I'm so happy to welcome Germo Coppermore, co-founder and CEO of Me. Now it's time to listen and learn. Hello, Germo. It's great to have you on the show. Looking forward to learning from your experience. Hi, thank you for having me. So today I'll be spending time getting to know more about you and your views on mass, which is mobility as a service ecosystem, and your thought on innovation in the mobility space. But to start with, uh, I would like to ask you if you have some fun fact about yourself or any interesting fact about your career that you haven't put on LinkedIn. <laughs> That's a good question to, to break the ice. Well, uh, I started my uh, entrepreneurial life uh, uh, early age, uh, right out right out the uh, my my college, uh, and basically uh, I came with a with an idea and a friend of of mine that we can do a, a citizen journalism. That is something totally outside the the transport uh, sphere. And basically, the idea was to intermediate um, all these uh, news, pictures, videos that uh, common people are 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 taking on the street. Like now, they are publishing on and back then also on on Twitter. And our idea was to be the platform that basically uh, gathers all that information and. Uh, channel to to uh, media outlets and and official newspapers so the people can be their own reporter get paid to do that not uh, not like uh, like now you know like yeah. now twitter is 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 getting all the all the information for free and and basically be able to do a, an auction 
with the newspapers and and those individuals that happen to be in the in the moment in the right moment in in that particular street or 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 event and well that didn't uh, go well <laughs> as you can imagine <laughs> because it's a very com complicated uh, uh, sector and industry and it's very yeah. uh, well back in the days were really care and, and, and cautious about uh, fake news uh, it seems like not anymore yeah. <laughs> but it, it was our main obstacle you know how to separate uh, uh, true facts from a uh, false uh, news, fake news. Um, well, that was uh, my first uh, early experience with uh, raising capital, uh, pitching the idea, going through an incubator that was back in the days uh, really famous in, in Madrid called Tetuan Valley. That was a nice experience, but uh, very different from real uh, entrepreneurship uh, career, <laughs> what I'm now. <laughs> no, so you move from one difficult industry to another because transit is also <laughs> yes, yes. not not so easy. But but I agree with you that, that independent journalism it's gaining traction now, at least in North America. But uh, but it's hard to break uh, what the legacies you know this media house have. So no, good to learn that. Good to learn that you you are always interested to do and disrupt something which is very challenging. So now you. You studied uh, in your bachelor laws and business administration, and in fact, you did your in master in international business, which is same. I did my master in international business too. And after your graduation, you work in international trade and law. Why you started building a startup or tech company in a mobility space, and and you started Meep in 2017? I'm very curious, like, what is the story behind this transition? Because mm -hmm. It's it's completely different, you know, from international trade to mobility and and building something in mass. Yes, that's true. Well, I think transport. Uh, we like uh, everyone has the has the chance to either uh, test it as a user, you know, because we are all the time uh, using transportation to to move around, and also you have like this. Uh, uh, client uh, perspective that you, if you travel, uh, I, and I know that you travel the world, uh, you get to know different uh, transport systems, different ways of understanding how to move people uh, from A to B. You know that is basically the main idea, and and you realize from the very first uh, hand. Uh, how important is to uh, to the overall experience of a of a city, or even even more, you know, if you're in a in a town uh, totally isolated, you also experience the difficulties that uh, could cause a, a bad or a poor connection yeah. between uh, different services, not only commuting but also going to do your touristic activities if you are sightseeing the, the, the place or and so on. So after my international commerce uh, uh, masters, I joined uh, a winery. Well, I had an experience uh, uh, in between, but my, my main uh, work was uh, with uh, wine because I'm a, I, I'm I don't consider myself a wine expert because it's, yeah. it's one of these topics 
that when when you enter, you realize how little you know, how little you <laughs> you taste it. But uh, but uh, I started uh, working with this uh, group of wineries in in Spain, in the north of Spain, near Rioja. Well, also they have some uh, Rioja wineries, and I start uh, selling wine overseas. And I was traveling the world. I was in charge of twenty countries, from the Nordics to Japan, uh, basically all the all in the middle. And and I get to know many cities, and and I experience uh, the difficulties to move around in Moscow with the kind of smooth experience of Singapore or or even Tokyo even uh, even though it's a huge uh, metropolis you can easily move around without uh, knowing the culture knowing yeah. the language and and while traveling and spending so much time in airports and in, and in planes I decided to 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 talk with some friends some friends in the industry and, and I did a lot of research uh, back in 2017, and uh, also uh, uh, early, uh, late 2016. And I decided to, to jump to, to this uh, adventure, because it has been an adventure. And, and the people that are in the, in the industry uh, know that um, how difficult it is to, to move things in, uh, in an industry that has such a, a let's say rigid uh, past you know like uh, it's, it's i think it, it comes from a, a, a monopoly a kind of approach or or vision yeah. and now turn that into something innovative and um, competitive and efficient i think it's a, a very hard task but uh, that's why I I jump into the <laughs> I think <laughs> a, a long a long uh, uh, waiting hours in airports. I think yeah. <laughs> that's that's why I'd say you, you should have these moments. You know when you feel bored because when you feel bored, the creativity and then you think innovatively. And I really like your point about you know that mobility provide allow people to move from point A to point B. And that's that's the thing. When you go around the world, uh, I was fortunate enough to travel around the world and see that how important mobility is in everybody's life because you need to move point A to point B. But I feel sad, you know, you're moving from such a beautiful industry of wine and, and a lavish mm -hmm. industry to, to mobility. But at the same time, we are lucky to have you uh, to build something <laughs> in this space. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I think it's true. I mean, it seems like uh, wine is, is more romantic. <laughs> uh, it seems more romantic than it is. Yeah. And I think mobility, it seems less romantic than it is. Oh, so man. it's like the other way around, I think. I, I love I, your point. I love your point. Uh, it, it's very true. And that's why the people who enter into mobility industry, it's very difficult for them to come out of it. Uh, I, I move from consulting to mobility, so I can I can watch for that. Now, about your venture, Meep. Uh, first thing, I'm very curious to know why you call it Meep. What what does Meep mean? Uh, it's a it's a it sound interesting word because like mass and Meep, uh, it's uh, it sound quite similar. And now you know you are building a mobility as a service app and working mostly in a B2B and B2G space, which is interesting because earlier mass version was B2C space uh, directly to the consumer, but you are 
targeting this B2B and B2C space. So would love to know more about your company, what Meet does and what does its services. Uh, if I can add one more point, like it's it's great to see that you already make it a global business. You are already in a five countries and 20 cities uh, around the world. How do you see these cities are similar or different from each other? Because when you go to different city and implement uh, the solution, do you find any similarity or you feel they are very different from each other? Well, a lot of questions. <laughs> First, <laughs> the, the name, the, the brand. Well, uh, well, we had the idea. I was talking with a friend of mine that is actually uh, another co-founder, a uh, third co-founder uh, joined uh, back in 2017. And, and I was, I think, out of the three of them, the more uh, the most creative one or uh, at least the, the, the most uh, philosophical one yeah. I spent like <laughs> two months and a half looking for names that uh, they were uh, they weren't either a trademark register nor um, uh, uploaded as a, an app on the stores and that's extremely difficult because there are a lot of apps that yeah. they are not registered and there are some registered names that are that uh, that they are not on the on the stores but it's is very straightforward it is the sound of the road runner the the cartoon ah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the meme meme so that was the the idea and it's true that i think in north america is with uh, B, but for uh, Spanish-speaking countries, they, uh, you know, that they double all the, all the cartoons, and it sounds more like an M than a uh, than a B. So that was the the the, the word, and so interesting. <laughs> and it's it's funny because you know has to do with you know how smart is the road runner. It's always uh, escaping the the coyote, and oh, oh, man. that's the that, that's the pain. Um, <laughs> and the approach the approach i mean it's a good question because uh, nowadays uh, we've seen uh, that the the mass concept is being a little bit uh, damaged by uh, some uh, natural uh, events on the market you know some companies they are position the, themselves in a certain way uh, I, I I just want to clarify. For us, uh, I still believe that mass is a B2C uh, product because at the end, consumers, uh, commuters, people that are living in, in the city uh, are the ones that are going to use our platform or any other uh, platform that is uh, tackling the mobilities disconnection or problem with uh, different modes, different ways of using those modes. But it's true that we believe from uh, our early early days that the only way to grow and to have uh, meaningful uh, contracts is to uh, leverage our solution in the public transport uh, network. We believe that the public transport most of the times of course, there are cities that are more car-centric than others, but uh, most of the times public transport is the main transport mode, is uh, where everyone uh, goes and moves around, even in 
um, developing countries. So it uh, has nothing to do with uh, European mentality, Asia, you see in a lot of uh, main cities that most of the people are taking either the bus, the metro, and so on. And we really wanted to upgrade the current solutions that those PTOs or PTAs were using. We believe that there was a huge uh, wave of um, digital solutions, either web-based or app-based, yeah. that they were um, nice maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, and all the bus companies, all the public buses around the world, they all have their own app. It's like, this is our app, but slowly, we, we, we've seen like this uh, movement of they either uh, upload their uh, timetables, their uh, schedules on different platforms, let's say Google Maps, Moveit, and so on. And they were kind of um, leaving aside their own solution. So they were not they were not competing with uh, other new solutions like Uber, uh, all these micro mobility options and so on, and they were a little bit careless, I would say, to this connection, you know, because one thing is you upload your information, but who is taking care of that information in the other side, on Google side? I think we all know, we all have experienced that situation of like getting to a city and for one reason or another, they they use Google Maps and probably Google Maps works okay. Probably Google Maps is not enough uh, updated that you could miss your whole day of, of appointments. If you are not a local, yeah. if you are a local, maybe you have your tricks of knowing which uh, which is the best channel to be updated or to be uh, just in time for for your your appointments. So that was the 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 main for us the main approach when we see the the, the business model more as a B two B or B two G. And and regarding to your last uh, question that if we see different approaches in those different countries we are now really focused on southern europe and north of africa we have okay. one one deployment in in morocco which i think is in a, an amazing place to do testing because they are quite advanced and they have a lot of uh, popular transportation so it's not only the regular one you have another side that you have to deal with that uh, a lot of people are are using and a lot of people uh, rely on, on that type of transportation and we see a very different approach i mean from the geographical perspective you know like uh, cities with slopes yeah. or uh, cities with uh, a lot of touristic uh, influx like uh, barcelona or, or malta you need to adapt uh, from tiny things you know like uh, language um, and distance that the people are willing to 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 walk to the next uh, transport mode yeah. to um, infrastructure uh, our cloud infrastructure 
we are always talking like, oh, we have a scalable uh, cloud infrastructure, and it's true, but you need to figure it out if you are uh, targeting a, a very touristic uh, city like all the, the, the country of Malta, you have four months uh, per year that you're going to have maximum capacity of, of everything, you know? Everything's going to be in the... Uh, on the age of, of collapsing, you know? So yeah. you have to know where are you going to implement uh, the changes? Uh, when are you going to have extra personnel to, to deal with these kind of situations? So I believe that is for us one of our uh, key success factors comparing to digital solutions that are huge you know everyone thought oh, you're like google maps move it i mean they're wonderful solutions but uh, when you get to a small city tier two cities that are a half million uh, people living there so they're not small uh, uh, you don't have uh, enough uh, resources if you are google or if you are move it to deal with the specifics of that uh, place, of course, Google Maps in in New York or or Paris, they're gonna work perfectly. Although at least we are, we hope so. No, so this is more or less the the how I see okay. the difference no, that, between cities. That that's a quite interesting point which you mentioned because I never thought about that. Like uh, one, the profile of that city, touristic or a general city and then in touristic city you have that problem of reaching to a capacity for certain months and then it slow down so you have to yes. increase your resources according to that and and build up resources according to that and i i also agree with you you know what you said like mass is a b2c application because end of the day it's a consumer who will use it so if there is no consumer it make no sense uh, to implement mass, but to reach to the target, you have to go through this B2B and B2G space because they have mass reach and they have audience which can be part of this mass ecosystem. So I, I like your strategy, which is, which is nice. Uh, you are falling. I mean, you're not losing focus because a lot of people say that uh, B2C is over, but I love to love to see that you're not saying B2C is over, but you're saying, it, the way is different. You go from B2G and B2B to, to ultimately go to the B2C where customer will take the ownership and, and use it. Yes. No, great. Thanks for sharing that. Now, you touched this point a little bit, like how the mass evolution happened and it was challenging. And, and I asked this question to all my previous guests and, and uh, you must be facing this question every day is what is the future of mass? Because a lot of people ask me where the mass is going, how it will evolve. We saw that the mass uh, or mass 1.0, we thought it'll be a big game changer for public and will transform the whole market. The ticketing will be over and everybody will use mass. Nothing happened like that. And in fact, we also saw not too much of investment went into that space. I was doing one survey and I found like few million dollars went into the mass ecosystem and space. So if there is no money, you know, it's difficult to do. Now you are building mass uh, application and and uh, you must have studied uh, what other businesses have done. So what are your learning uh, from, from the previous mass version? What are the lessons you feel one should learn before going into the new space? Well, I think it's a, it's a complex question, but uh, I'm going to try to to give my, my perspective. I, I believe that the 
the transport industry by itself without uh, the complexity of an extra platform or an extra layer uh, is itself an industry that needs to, uh, uh, let's say, I don't know, redefine, but more or less rethink uh, how, how self-sustainable it is, you know? Because yeah. nowadays, if we look at any any city around the world that is that we consider a, a good city for public transportation, those companies they're either or public yeah. or not sustainable and over subsidized and so on. No, and you have other alternatives. You know, like this dichotomy that was presented in the early days of the mass uh, theory. Uh, pioneers, I would call them, you know, it's like this dichotomy of this is the car, one side, you know, the dark side, kind of like a Star Wars uh, thing, <laughs> and the light side that is the the rest, you know. Yeah. I don't think it works like this, you know. You have to think, is the car side self-sustainable? Oh, it's an obvious reason, you know, it is. Uh, the people are... Uh, taking loans to buy cars. Okay. So they are selling, the, the value proposition is working for the OEMs. We can discuss in a different, <laughs> in a different <laughs> session how OEMs are uh, reinventing themselves and so on, but this is, this is for another day. But the truth, is, the, the truth is that when you get to a big city with high density, very low, um, low capacity for new modes and and a lot of modes that are uh, under uh, utilized yeah you need to think okay the people are taking the public transportation like the huge majority and still is not sustainable something is not profitable in that market so for me the, the first approach of the mass 1.0 that you were saying is like okay I want to tackle a market that is by itself not profitable yeah. and I'm going to add a layer of complexity in that market so I think that's a, a, a street with a no a, no exit you know it's like a, a it's a no way exit no way street so what what I think is the 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 useful approach. If you are providing value to different uh, players in the industry, if either if it is a uh, the PTO or the agency or even the TNCs, because we've seen more and more that uh, yeah. platforms like Uber, Lyft, and so on, they are adding new features to their to the original value proposition to the to the, okay, I'm going to move you in your private car with your private driver from A to B, but now I'm offering you a full, I'm offering you the connection with your uh, long train uh, distance, long distance uh, rail uh, trip, you know, wherever. So if you can provide value to the players that are kind of struggling in a, mar in a market with low uh, margins, I think that's the 
that's the, the correct uh, strategy and the correct uh, approach to, to target the, the market. Otherwise, you are going to add uh, an extra, I don't know, uh, object to the equation, an extra variable that is going to get things even more complicated and you're not going to find a space uh, to, to capture the, the value from who, yeah. from the end user that is not willing to pay more for their uh, bus ride. That's, that's, that doesn't make sense. And it was a false, in my opinion, a false uh, comparison with Netflix because it's totally different industry. Yeah. You know, the high, high margins uh, movie industry, which I don't know anything about. But <laughs> like, okay, you can talk about subscriptions. And I think the, the people in the sector quickly uh, move uh, from one idea to another without really uh, testing the the project. That was, for me, unbelievable. It's like, okay, you've already given up on your original uh, proposition without having an enough uh, uh, experience. And at the same time, a lot of companies in, in the industry, they were raising money, mm. but uh, like there are very few companies in the, in the industry doing uh, pure mobility as a service. And you were saying like, there's not enough investment which yeah. uh, is true because I don't think, I think in the mobility uh, landscape, the, let's call it the sexy uh, uh, projects are automation yeah. and electrification. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you are not either in one of those uh, two, you are, uh, you're not gonna raise money or it's gonna be tough. So I believe few companies uh, capture all the, venture money and they were doing projects or testing projects or in some cases even not testing projects but uh, announcing and, and and preaching an idea that I don't think the idea was wrong it was uh, poorly executed executed but well, that's that's a great point and I I, I fully agree with you it's uh, uh... You mentioned about that uh, people pay for Netflix because that's an aspiration. You want to have entertainment, you want to enjoy life, but transport is not about enjoyment. It's about yes. covering your basic needs. So yes. you you always have that need versus aspiration. For aspiration, people will pay thousands of dollars, but for need, sometimes we don't even pay five dollars. So it's it's difficult <laughs> to <laughs> to make oh, money from public transport. Yeah, it's true. Now, it's, it's a commodity, and, and many many players. They they have thought I think that they are offering an aspirational service, um, and some 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 of them <laughs> they were kind of uh, regretful at the end. Yeah, uh, but but I'm always an optimistic, and uh, and I can see you are also optimistic about this mass ecosystem, which is now I called it mass two point zero. So why you feel that this is the right time for Mass 2.0 to be a big success or, or to have a big rollout? And other point I would just want to add because you need some support from the regulatory framework or from the, from the external market. What are those supports required to make Mass 2.0 a big success? Because 
I think sometimes the ideas are good, but the time is not good. Like uh, a company called uh, the, it was Wirevan or something. Uh, in 2009, they started instant delivery concept and it failed because that time people were not used to that delivery thing. But yeah. the last two, three year delivery become a huge business. So I think probably the the right time for mass is now. Why you feel it's the right time and what are the support you need from the external environment? Yes, I mean, another thing that I think was kind of a, not the, the perfect approach uh, back in the early days is that in the things that we are doing that is basically connecting different modes of transport, doesn't, you don't need to connect 20. If you connect three of them very well, you can provide uh, huge efficiencies uh, huge uh, benefits for the end user and even from the for the for the operators if they are managed to do nice uh, cross selling offers and combinations yeah. that are not uh, they are not in the market nowadays you cannot have a pack of five trips uh, by bus and five trips by bicycle it's kind of like what is this and and you can go to the supermarket and, and there are packs everywhere with food that they don't even uh, match, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, in the early days, one of the things is that we were mass providers were capable to of developing our technology, but we didn't realize that we need the operator's technology to have a certain level of readiness mm -hmm. to be able to, to, to connect with them. We can provide, you know, one side of the of the of the market, our side, like an amazing uh, a rocket, and in the other side, we're dealing with basic stuff, you know, like uh, how to to deal with uh, uh, paper tickets. So that was the, the the stage. And nowadays, I think, uh, for some reason or another, or the uh, kind of all all the preaching that we've been doing. The operators now they're I think they're ready. They they have received a lot of uh, subsidies and, and and monetary funds to develop their uh, technology infrastructure. So I believe that now the moment is is a good moment, and they are seeing the value of providing a better service to the to the end user. Why? Because they realized I think right after the lockdown that users can decide from one day to another yeah. not to leave home and nothing happens, you know? It's not <laughs> like, so I think that was a huge um, alert and, and warning for them to see like, okay, I'm competing to other with other modes, with the bicycle, with uh, Uber, with uh, all the car sharing options, uh, the carpooling options that are also very, very good and now they're they're uh, uh, increasing uh, the usage so they have a, i think they still have a privileged um, position in the okay. the chessboard now the, the the key movement is to do the the right approach you know to improve their technology to improve their channels to get, get deep into data analytics, data predictions. And if they do that, they're gonna have much more uh, chances 
to evolve and to develop yeah. to a more profitable state, you know, to have, they don't need to have the buses overcrowded, you know, like uh, with tons of people, uh, but they can have few people offering, we've seen in, 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 in Malta, for example, how uh, DRTs uh, are competing with their yeah. uh, fixed routes, but they are the owners of the DRTs, so they don't care. You know, they're switching people that are willing to spend uh, like close to a euro on a ride for one euro fifty, two euros with a premium service. Yeah. Uh, best information, real-time information, uh, uh, less uh, stops. So I don't know. I think they have the room for for opportunities and yeah. for improvement. No, I, I fully agree with you. I mean, the state of operator has changed over the, over the last uh, few years, especially after the pandemic where everybody understood the importance of technology. So now you don't need to deal with the, the paper ticket. In fact, many city has completely stopped a paper ticket or cash ticket. Now you have to have a yes. a card or or mobile phone to do it. So so I I agree with you. Sometimes the right time to build a product because you have the basic layer of infrastructure. So you're not struggling with the basic layer of infrastructure. And I think also the understanding of providing these value added services because earlier the public transit is always seen as a a same bus for everybody. It's it's more like okay I need to provide same services to everybody. But now there is more and more awareness about having this premium service uh, to allow. In fact, uh, in Dubai, when they launched the metro in 2009, uh, 2008, uh, nine, and what they did was in the train, they had a premium coach. So there was a luxury coach in the, in the, in the metro coach. And the reason for that was they want to bring the local people who were driving their car to move from their car to, uh, to a train. So they have to make it a little more special so, so you have to be a bit more innovative and do it. And, and that's what now you're doing with your product. And I want to, I want to learn more about one of the projects you are doing uh, with Anna, the airport operator in, in Spain. I mean, I, I check what kind of product MEEP is offering. So I, I really love to see that you have this modular cloud platform where you're using this API and SDK to connect uh, different nodes and, and uh, make it much more integratable you know, for external app. So you're working with the airport operator in, in Spain and you did uh, a pilot with them last year and now you're doing a full rollout of the project. And the project is basically a mass app for Madrid and Barcelona airport. So you want to basically provide a mass application, not for the local people, for the tourist for who was coming in the city. They can download these app, they can, book in these, see their flight status as well as the public transport connection and the tourist location, which is quite interesting. I, I don't know if you have start selling the tourist ticket as well, or, yes. or that's a plan to do it. Yes, we, so, we did in Barcelona. Now we are, we are going to do more. Yeah. So can you share a little more about this model and why it is innovative? Yes. Well, I mean, I, we've been talking for this, uh, around this, somehow the whole conversation, but I, I believe that if you are now in the mass, uh, um, a spectrum you need to to survive and you need to to find new ways of uh, of selling your product and and new ways of providing value in the things that we have built no 
So in the case of, of the airports, uh, we've seen that one of the main concerns of airport operators is to reduce the stress of passengers, mm. either passengers that are landing or departing, you know, yeah. stays. And the stress most of the times uh, has to do with the perception of time. You know, oh, you yeah. don't know how much time is going to take you to, to get to the airport. And once you are in the airport, you don't know uh, how are the conditions of the airport. Mm. And the airports, believe it or not, are uh, places like tunnels. It's, it's funny because it's the moral of the thing. <laughs> with, with, there are more sensor um, um, installed uh, than any other place in the city. Yeah. And they are also, most of the times, especially if you're talking about uh, big cities, the main uh, point of entrance in the city. So we were thinking, okay, why don't we uh, uh, do a better experience? Or how can we improve this, uh, this situation? Yeah. And it was uh, plain and simple. We pictured the, we, we pitched the idea to the, to the airport operator, it's a huge company. The uh, Aena uh, controls uh, more than forty-four airports uh, worldwide. Most most of them in Spain, but they have uh, in Brazil, in Jamaica, they have in many many places, and they have systems to know exactly what time the your plane, your flight is gonna leave, is gonna is gonna uh, departure, and what is the the waiting line for yeah. in the border section. So we combine all of this and provide the whole experience door to gate. We're saying yeah. gate because of the, the airport. And, and basically now we add this to, to the equation, the, the touristic uh, part that we, we, we thought that was uh, extremely important for Madrid and Barcelona type of cities. And uh, we offer the, the, the tourist, the visitor, the capabilities to not only buy uh, public transportation tickets or sharing modes, uh, all types of, of modes included, but also uh, tickets to the, to the main touristic attractions. So in Barcelona, we tested this with uh, museums and, 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 other, and other places. But it was, a, a, I think, a, a very useful um, tool for anyone that was landing in, in Barcelona airport. And most yeah. of the times, this you have to add two extra uh, layers of, of, of the whole idea. That is, the airports, most of the times, are not very well connected yeah. with the city center. People that didn't know and they arrived there, they ended up taking a taxi which is not bad, you know, it's one alternative, but yeah. most of the times you have other options that you are not even, even considering, but they are there and they are not accessible to you because maybe you it's the first time that you are landing in, in Barcelona. And nowadays we see more and more, and maybe this is like the third uh, thought uh, around this airport um, mass-oriented uh, or... Uh, adapted to to airports that is people are 
uh, traveling with a company, you know, like a business trip. They are landing in, in Barcelona and they have to be uh, cautious about their carbon footprint. Yeah. The best way to get to the city center is not the taxi, sadly, you know, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be the metro. And sometimes you're even arrive, uh, are going to arrive faster if you're taking the metro than, oh, yeah. than the taxi. In cities like Paris, for sure, uh, so on, or, or, or London. London, it was, uh, I think, one of the pioneers in uh, providing that uh, accessibility to public transport from different airports. But it's funny because the the way that you capture the the attention or you capture the the, the passengers' at attention in, in cities like London or, or Paris is not a digital way. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of uh, uh, posters, uh, signs, and, and so on that are telling you like, "Oh, get the Gatwick Express. This is yeah. the way to the Gatwick Express." But the first thing that you do right after landing is turn on your cell phone you can immediately get connected with the um, with the wi-fi of the airport and through that channel is the channel that we are using uh, with aena's uh, project so we are going to capture all the people that are passing through madrid and barcelona that are i don't know millions per year yeah. and we are going to offer this uh, useful tool to move around these two cities and hopefully we can go to to more uh, inside their network no quite interesting in fact i'll i'm looking forward to this app and i'll be visiting barcelona later uh, in the middle of 2023 for the uitp summit so so i'm looking forward that how people can use this app to move around and and also explore the city not only just move around but also explore the city but you rightly mentioned the airport are like the gateway and a lot of people don't know about the system so once you download the app you start using it you know about the city and the tourist location how to reach there it make your trip more pleasurable and and taxi is good but it's in europe it's expensive and outside europe you can't trust fully so it's it's a challenging uh, thing yes. so so it's it's good to that's true yeah now now you one thing you mentioned which is quite interesting you said that uh, because of all these screens trained, you have to be innovative and creative and, and explore the market and expand the market reach. One of the key things happening in the market right now is that a lot of these payment companies like Visa, MasterCard, Google Pay, they are aggressively integrating different mobility options. So basically now with your credit card, you can pay for your train ticket, for your bus ticket, you can pay for your taxi or scooter. So basically, you know, it's like a, the payment integration is already happening. Now, a lot of these payment can be done through these apps and, and through these cards. Do you think these player, you know, can become a future mass player or become a future competition to you? Like, for example, Google Map. So in Google Map, I can plan my whole trip and it may allow in the future for you to pay for your entire trip using the, using the Google Map. How, how do you see this market evolving? Uh, it's another difficult question, but I I I, I have uh, I have thought about it. So um, I I I believe that uh, those players, uh, for example, all these uh, journey planners, uh, the Baidu, Google Maps, and so on, they are huge. So yeah. 
it's going to be really difficult for them to adapt to this uh, scenario. But of course, they are going to add features that are going to be closer to the mobility as a service perspective. I uh, mm, always, when some PTO or PTA is asking me this, this question, uh, uh, and they are really worried about how much information uh, is uh, Google dealing with yeah. and how capable are of collapsing a city. Uh, recently, I read a, an attack of um, some hackers. I, I don't know where they were from. In a city, uh, produces like a collapse of traffic and traffic lights and a lot of problems. And, and I think this is part of the cybersecurity uh, concern that we need to have. You know, it's like oh yeah, uh, having this type of information in traffic and how the people move around. I'm I'm uh, one of those that thinks that should be a public and local thing. You know, hmm. once you start like providing a lot of information to third-party uh, international corporations. It's nice if you have that uh, that other alternative. If you are you don't have, you only have one alternative, the day that that alternative is down, you will have the the whole city collapse. You know, this is one one part. This journey planner, international journey planners, yeah. the payment part that we were talking before about payments and so on. I think they are already playing a role in the mobility as a service uh, um, uh, part. You know, uh, for example, um, Mastercard. We are now actively doing a, a project with them in the city of Seville, and we are uh, as MIP. In this case is with our brand, but this is a co-branded and and supported by the Metro of of Sevilla. Okay. Um, they, we are the, the bridge between those modes that have um, EMB system, the contactless payment systems, yeah. and the other modes, you know, all the rest that uh, are digital, like uh, pure e-commerce. We are combining and we are kind of like in between those and we are providing offers for those uh, users that are doing multimodal trips with metro and uh, micro mobility. So this is uh, uh, kind of, I think, the link that platforms like ours can do for these, these, these players, you know? And a MasterCard, they have a strong uh, focus uh, in transportation. And I think they're providing a lot of solutions to developing countries. And I think eventually they are going to be the right partners for our type of solutions to manage uh, different stages in the same ecosystem. Because you cannot, I, I don't see nowadays, maybe in a couple of years we can, we can see uh, clearer, but I cannot see like in this type of ecosystems that most of the cities are that the technologies in different stages and different payments of methods, different payment options, different uh, validation processes, kind of the underlying unifying force is the mobility as a service, while MasterCard 
could be present in some parts in one uh, part of the value chain and in other parts in another. But they need something, some platform that puts that uh, different together. Uh, together. Yeah. Quite interesting. I never, I never thought about that. Thanks for sharing because uh, I think what you're saying absolutely makes sense. Like these payment gateways or payment integrator can be the, the layer for payment, but they need a platform where those transactions can happen and can be connected because MasterCard will not launch a MasterCard mass application. That's not the area they are looking. But what they're looking is to integrate the seamless payment stuff. So, yes. so it's more like a collaboration rather than the competition. I think so. Um, and you see, you know, like now more and more, at least in the US, I've seen this, that uh, all these transport cards that were not uh, part of the banking system in the, in the past, now they are part of Apple Pay, oh, yeah. Google Pay, and you can pay your bus, your car train in, in, in the valley and so on. But you are missing the other part, you know? What about the rest of the of modes of transport that you cannot validate with yeah. a contactless, you know? You can still uh, place MasterCard or Visa uh, in a role that they can track the whole operation. It's basically what they want to, to, to do, I, I, I assume, or they, they can be part of different transactions. But for the end user, they need something that uh, can connect the, the, the pieces. No? Mm. no, it's interesting. No, thanks for sharing. I, I, I think it's, it's quite make a sense. Now about the future technology. And, and I, I think crypto and NFT are not a good word these days. It's, a, <laughs> <laughs> it's down and people have a lot of these scams and all. But I think what is interesting is the use of blockchain technology is growing and now there is more and more discussion about that how one can use blockchain technology in different business functions. So just want to understand because I know there are a few startups which are working uh, using mass for blockchain technology. And I recently, I was telling one guy about this and he said, why you need that? Why you need blockchain for mass? So, so I was thinking of better answer. I tried to argue, but would love to know about your views on blockchain technology and is there any plan to integrate blockchain uh, technology in the MEEP app or our MEEP platform? Well, I'm gonna gonna start with a question to you. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many purchases have you done with uh, any blockchain technology, any coin, any? I, I this, this year, this year. <laughs> I, I invested in you know a lot of these coins and all but uh, not not any business transaction, I would say. So, I mean, I, I don't want to picture myself as a, a, portray myself as a enemy of blockchain. I believe it's a amazing technology with a lot of uh, possibilities in the future, but comparing your answer to how many times you ride a bus take a taxi in the current year. It's yeah. like the just the amount of transactions that are now currently being done uh, in, these, in the blockchain sphere, besides buying or selling uh, cryptos in your wallet or in secondary markets uh, because of the craziness of the market or because 
of uh, investment uh, purposes. Yeah. For me, it's really difficult to believe that uh, DLT technology could be uh, the right moment or the right fit for the current uh, state of the art. You know, it's, it's not like I, I, I strongly believe that some of the capabilities, you know, all the tracing, all the um, security, anti-fraud, um, the disconnection of the the fiat, uh, uh, the, the currency system and so on. Yeah. I believe that is uh, has a, a powerful um, potential, you know, but for the transport industry, for me, it's really difficult to believe. Besides, if you are taking, you are, I'm, I'm totally not thinking about the gamification yeah. process and the loyalty schemes. You know, if you are building a loyalty uh, uh, product and you are giving tokens yeah. to to your users, you can apply uh, a way of uh, kind of a blockchain and so so. But you don't really need such a difficult technology, such a consumption of energy, that is something that uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm watching this trend of sustainability in many industries. Yeah. And when you get to blockchain, it's like a, a taboo. It's a, <laughs> it disappears, you know, like, okay, if this is uh, really costly in terms of people developing a, energy-wise and so on, does it make sense to to, to introduce that uh, uh, complexity into the equation? For us, not yet. But, uh, mm. I don't want to say uh, never because you will never know. Maybe yeah. there's a huge uh, uh, discovery in the next month and force us to, to move past to, to implement or to include this type of technologies, but this is my my approach. I've seen some competitors and some people in the industry that are, I think, all all the all the voices that I I've heard related to blockchain and mobility are a part of this gamification loyalty process. Yeah, no, many, many companies are doing that. In fact, Starbucks launched their loyalty program using the blockchain and giving NFT. Uh, there is a bright lane uh, train which are using NFT as a as a token or as a mechanism to connect with users. So I, I agree with you. We are still in early days and you never know what, what comes next. So it's probably not immediately, but uh, but there, it's an interesting technology to keep track on. Now, I want to discover something more about your entrepreneurial side. Being an entrepreneur myself, I know it's a, it's a hard journey, you know, and, and great to learn that it's yes. not your first venture. This is your second venture. Now you built Meep in 2017 with your co-founder and it's now five years. Uh, most of people think that building venture is, is hard, uh, but they don't expect it to be that long. They always think about overnight success. People feel like, oh, I'll start a venture in two, three years. It will be like a billion dollar. I'll sell it off and, and move away. You are still building it. You are still growing it, which is great. And I would like to learn some lesson from your entrepreneur journey. Like what keep you motivated to go to work every day in the morning, be innovative, keep creative and, and build this company? How you keep yourself motivated and what are the lessons you learned in the last five years? 
Oh, uh, difficult. <laughs> I thought I, th I thought it would be more difficult the the mobility industry part than the personal part, and I always uh, find it more difficult this part. I mean, I think it's a very personal thing, you know. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, these five years seems like uh, ten years. <laughs> it's it's crazy how if I look backwards how slow uh, things seem, but in the, this is the totally opposite feeling if you are looking from a daily perspective, you know? Yeah. Uh, what it keeps me motivated, for me, uh, I believe we are doing a huge impact in the cities or the clients that are uh, using our solution. And that's uh, an amazing feeling, that's uh, for sure. But, uh, on top of that, every day there is a new challenge, a new thing to learn. Uh, and almost, I would say, I didn't have any uh, two days that are similar in this whole five years, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm doing similar things, of course, but I, I it's amazing how diverse and how... Um, Unpredictable is the entrepreneurship uh, routine. Yeah. This is uh, this is something that for me is uh, is uh, the first uh, motivation uh, to do to wake up every every day and, and and come here. The other good thing is that uh, that you are really building something that um, that matters, or at least yeah. uh, it matters to me. And when I was part of corporations and so on, you get a, a little bit lost in the whole process. And it's very difficult to find uh, teams and, and, and connection between your job uh, position to like maybe the CEO or the vision or, or I don't know if it is the vision or the mission of the, <laughs> of the company. I yeah. always get uh, confused with uh, those uh, terms, but sometimes um, the the work, uh, the work, the task, the daily task, they get a little bit uh, blur along the along the chain, and this is this is never gonna happen in a in a startup. You know, everyone uh, is working really close to to the management team, and and we all know. Uh, our our strengths and and our weaknesses and and it's a matter of of, of finding the, the 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 perfect fit you know uh, advice for people that are jumping into the <laughs> into the uh, entrepreneurship innovation well they 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 should do a big research about the market about competitors this is something that's always in the very beginning for me it was tough, you know, to start like yeah. reading about competitors and not like uh, going into the action. This is something like for me, I'm maybe a little bit anxious uh, person and I want to do things faster than sometimes I should. And I think it's very important to do research in yeah. the early days and surround it or uh, talk to everyone uh, about your idea, about the things that you're doing, because maybe someone 
that you are not even uh, aware of can give you a piece of information that you can connect yeah. to other ideas that you are uh, uh, thinking about and do the 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 click and that click maybe leads you to a new investment new new value proposition to your clients so this is very important to talk all the time uh, if I could now I would have uh, talked with uh, more people along, along the way you know yeah. uh, sometimes I was like so tired of, of working about the idea that I said like oh I'm doing this but uh, <laughs> I've been working for 12 hours in a row so I prefer to talk about wine or other things no, but <laughs> talk about wine and transportation who knows <laughs> No, that makes sense. And I, I agree with you. You know, it's like as an entrepreneur, you should be open to talk to people and, and discuss and with open mind. Never, never talk to people with your ideas. You should be good listener. And I was I was reading recently and, and they say is like uh, to be a successful person, you should not be a good talker. You should be a good listener. So so what you yes. said about talking to people, listening their idea, listening the perspective. Okay what validation i know some some found a story where they found their investor on the on the soccer field when they were with their kids for the soccer match and they talk to people they sell their idea and they they, they raise investment from there so so i love your point and and wish you good luck uh, i know it's a, it's a, it's a big journey but uh, but what you're doing is really impactful and like i mentioned i heard good thing from your client uh, which is which is motivating you know when your client praising about you in your back which is which is quite motivating now this is my last question and i think probably this is the most difficult one it's it's a discussion about the recession there is a lot of discussion <laughs> now <laughs> you know about the recession in fact some people feel that we are already in the recession the market is slowing down and yes. uh, the good thing about recession i mean it's there is nothing good thing about a recession, but the good thing about reception is that people use more and more public transit because you they can't afford cars and, and they, they need to leave the car back home. It became so expensive. So the use of public transport increased during recession. Uh, but for startup, the challenge is the funding will dry up. Not, not too much funding is available. The market is predicting that there'll be a dry phase sure. where you cannot raise funding. Now, yes. how do you see next one or two year for your company as well as for the market and do you have any special strategy to sail through or like do you discuss with your team and brainstorm like how we need to be be more keep going in next one two year even the market conditions are not favorable yes well everything that you you said is is true it's a tough moment uh, i i believe that uh, now uh, startups they should uh, be a more concerned about the expenses and yeah. um, how they they spend their their money, especially if they are uh, in the B two C area. So it's going to be a tricky tricky <laughs> field to <laughs> to deal with. But uh, in our case, we are now uh, actively raising capital. We have um, uh, well. Um, Luckily, we have uh, our investors are uh, covering more than fifty percent of the of the current investment round. Oh. Uh, we are also looking for investors uh, um, uh, internationally. So uh, anyone that listens to this 
can contact me if they uh, they want to know more about yeah. uh, how much are we raising and so on. But for us, is uh, we're gonna be extremely careful about uh, cost. We're gonna try to lower uh, our cost. You know, some some uh, uh, some costs are of course uh, necessary to to keep growing and so on. And we will uh, compensate with, uh, of course, uh, revenues and and all the revenues that we're uh, capturing from our projects. But uh, in the next two years, it's going to be a moment of trying to do the right things without, uh, uh, let's say, uh, taking so much uh, detours. You know, yeah. Uh, I. I I know you know from my uh, past experience that sometimes when you are in a startup you are like trying new things and suggesting new ideas and sometimes you lose focus yeah. which is not bad you know I think it's part of the innovation process but that uh, losing or uh, redirecting of of the focus cost money you know cost uh, developing hours and so on. And in these two years, we are going to need to be focused more on the things that we are already doing and the things that we are uh, sure that uh, we can execute. And um, for these uh, two years, we're going to try to, of course, to go to new uh, markets. We are starting uh, a small project in, in Mexico, yeah. and we hope that it's going to be um, the first of, of many. But other markets that could be less affected by uh, this economic uh, downturn uh, are going to be the, the the place to go and the place to try our uh, solutions and hopefully we can uh, overlap some uh, cost and, and and gain uh, new clients on the on the way but these two years they're going to be uh, tough uh, and and we need to be careful, I think. Yeah. So. No, I, I love your point. Is like you need to be both defensive and attack, you know, because you need to take care of your cost, but at the same time, you need to capture new clients. So you need to expand. So find the market where it's not affected too much by the by the recessions or, or these discussions. So you can go and sell the product because you can't just sit at home and, and feel like, okay, recession is there. I can't go out. You have to. As an entrepreneur, you have to take those risks and bet. No, thank you so much, Agarmo. I mean, I really enjoyed uh, our conversation. A lot of a uh, lot of interesting points you share about mass ecosystem and how you're building company and all. Now we have this last session uh, section, which is basically uh, a rapid fire round. And generally, we ask five questions to you, uh, to the guests, and and ask them to reply them quickly and and learn more about their personal side. So if you are ready, I'll I'll start with that. I think I am. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. Now, my first question is, if you were not in this uh, law and corporate or, or mobility sector, what other profession would he have selected? <laughs> <laughs> I would say winemaker. Winemaker. <laughs> yes, very different from what I'm doing, but I really enjoy wine. I like the industry, and I think it's, it's kind of an amazing job that brings uh, a lot of uh, joy and happiness yeah. to, to many people. 
probably probably a retirement uh, idea you know when you take retirement and then set up yes. a winery <laughs> <laughs> hopefully now you already mentioned that you travel around the world and and you seen so many city in in your past job as well as in the current job which is your favorite city in the world san francisco ah <laughs> because of innovation yeah. No, I, I don't know. I think the, the city has an amazing vibe. Um, Transport-wise, is very good, I think, yeah. compared to other cities in the in the U.S. Uh, I like the weather. I like the food. It's close to 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 wine region. Mm. No, I think it has. A, I mean, the innovation part is nice because it's true that a, a lot of people are trying to to make things happen there. But I, I I liked it before all this uh, <laughs> innovation. <Technology> <laughs> yes. yes, the culture and the city and people. Now I am pretty sure that's the one thing you mentioned that when we go to a new city, first thing we do is we try a public transit system there. You must have tried in so many cities. Which city has the best public transit in the world? Okay, that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm not gonna say San Francisco because the moon is. Are are good, but not <laughs> not for not to to be in this uh, answer. I would say either uh, Singapore or Tokyo. One of uh, I I would say Singapore, but I mean Singapore. Everybody knows uh, they have an amazing uh, transport system. But Tokyo is also a, a city it's that quite nice. uh, impressed uh, anyone that visits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you. I mean, I've seen the both the systems, so they are they are one of the greatest in the world. Okay, now my next question is, what one thing do you wish you should have learned early in life? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, oh, that's uh, that's difficult to be. Uh, I would say the importance of of networking. This hmm. uh, is is a key. Uh, thing and I think that's one of the main reasons why the US is so powerful in, in business uh, is because they have a tendency and also uh, well North America in general a tendency towards this uh, small talk in business and and you share a few details of what you are doing and this uh, network uh, skill yeah. It's something that it took me years uh, and it's extremely useful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I fully agree with you. Networking really help you to grow and give you a different perspective. It's, it's also yeah. to talk to people and learn about their perspective and all. Okay. So this is my last question. If you can change one thing in life, what would it be? <laughs> a philosophical <laughs> one. Uh, well, I would say that I would have uh, studied uh, physics, physics, something that uh, that is always like it's like a theoretical theoretical uh, part, uh, close to philosophy, and I don't know, it intrigues me. I think it's uh, it's never too late, but uh, <laughs> maybe after <laughs> maybe after me. I, After me, <laughs> I go for it. Wine making with physics, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I, I agree. You know, in in fact, I'll I'll happy to share one podcast link with you. And and that podcast is there is a professor from New York, uh, and they talk about the physics, 
and after listening to that podcast i like man physics is so interesting because they were not talking about uh, all the boring yeah. stuff and but they talk about so... the interesting stuff about the physics yeah. and how it can define the whole world around us and and in in that discussion they were saying whenever the alien will come to earth i mean we don't know yeah. when they will come but whenever alien will come to this earth the common language between us and them will be mathematics and physics because that's a god language that's like always remain the same you cannot uh, defy the law of physics and defy the law of mathematics so it will it will be the common language between human and alien yes no no that's uh, i think they have like a lot of like these little details that makes you think about i don't know important stuff you know Oh yeah yeah no that that's true no thank you so much garmo i mean really enjoyed this conversation with you really loved uh, you know your perspective Me about probability and mass and all and uh, i wish you good luck uh, with your venture and the impact you are creating in the society and and uh, in the fundraising process so people who are listening if they are looking to make some investment and all so i'll happy to put your contact detail in the in the show note and they can reach out to you Perfect. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. It was a nice talk, and we see you in the other side of the ocean or or here. <laughs> Look forward to that. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll be inviting some other inspiring guests in the coming week. You can subscribe to this podcast online to get the notification for the next episode. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to give us a five star rating as it will help us to spread our message. If you have any feedback or suggestion for this podcast, please do write to us at info@mobility-innovator.com. At I look forward to see you next time. Thank you.